We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Big hug to all of y'all. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James, BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. The stealing of the election of 2024 is already in full swing and the narrative is out there. They're pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Let's get into this. By the way, I've got several things I want to uh, cover for you. I've got all these little stories and tabs and, 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 and things in front of me on my browser and different slides to go through. So please forgive me beforehand if I'm jumping around a bit, uh, but I'm excited to, to share this stuff with you because it's timely and important. Uh, by the way, if you're in New York, you may not be getting uh, deliveries today with the great trucker protest of what happened to President Trump. I will probably talk about that uh, tomorrow so we can see what the aftermath is of, uh, if any, of that. So just want to let you be aware of that just in case you were not. So let's get into this. Let's start off with Chris Krebs, the former CISA director that was fired by Donald Trump. Uh, The CISA is part of the Department of Homeland Security, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. And uh, the the fired former director is out there. He was uh, on Squawk Box and he's already pushing the lie and the narrative going into 2024. Right off the bat, this is the question asked and here is the ridiculous answer given. I would ask you... What is the single biggest security risk that you see at this moment? I got to say it's the overall kind of degrading information environment and the, uh, the kind of the incentive structures that are in place to continue to push these fantastical claims about the election system itself and just politics in general right now. Chris Krebs, former director of CISA, he's worried about these fantastical claims about the election system. We're just supposed to blindly believe that this election system is fine and they're fantastical claims. The fantastical claim is that the 2020 election was the most secure election ever. That's a pretty fantastical claim. But this is the narrative. We'll get back to Chris Krebs and we're going to break down Chris Krebs, what he said. And he actually is, it's really interesting. I'll go through this, uh, this piece with you. At the end, he actually says things that make sense, which contradict everything he says before. But let's let's look at this narrative that what we need to worry about, according to the people in the deep state and part of the establishment, is this idea of fantastical claims, of misinformation, of disinformation. We we got a similar a similar response from James Clyburn, the senator out of South Carolina. Check this out. He was on Face the Nation yesterday. 
and he was asked, what keeps him up at night? And listen to his answer. This is from yesterday. Election campaign right now. You're optimistic, I know, but what's your biggest concern? What keeps you up at night politically? Well, the thing that keeps me uh, wide awake are the misinformation uh, efforts that are underway uh, throughout this campaign. I've heard so much uh, from people uh, uh, sharing to me things that just aren't true. So much from people who seem to feel uh, that everything they see or hear uh, via the internet has some substance to them. And so that's the thing that keeps me up, whether or not we're going to have a campaign for the presidency free of all of these interruptions and uh, all of the misinformation. What keeps Jim Clyburn up at night in this election season is all the misinformation. They want to control information. They're mad at Elon Musk and Twitter X now being a free speech platform. Now, I've been reading your comments about what's going on with Juniorette and crew. I will address that in a few days. I'm not being paranoid here, folks, but the big brother is watching is true and real. And the censorship going into this or in this 2024 election cycle is incredible. Give us a few more days and we'll address what's going on in more detail. Just be patient. We're trying to resolve something before we let the cat out of the bag. But this is what we're dealing with. Everyone on the Joe Biden establishment side warning about misinformation. They don't want free and fair information. So they use this fear-mongering technique to crush our First Amendment right because you are too stupid to know what's real. Oh, and don't forget about all these domestic groups that are fighting back against the deep state with their misinformation. Chris Krebs really lays it on thick. You're going to have domestic political groups that are doing uh, what they've always done, electioneering and propaganda and really FUD, fear, uncertainty and doubt. Then I think we do have an emerging group of domestic actors that are less uh, on the political uh, you know, grifting side and more on seeking to just undermine and up in confidence in public institutions. Same BS that we hear from Chris Ray over at the FBI, these domestic threats to our institutions. They're talking about the elections. If you question, we're supposed to just go... Big Brother and the government and Joe Biden and the Republican in name only and the Democrats and the powers that be and everyone at the federal level, they are all good altruistic people. We're supposed to just believe blindly and any information that's contrary to that is misinformation and dangerous and you are a dangerous domestic actor like yours truly, like other members of my family if they try to get an opposing view out or just give you information for you to make up your mind. That is very, very dangerous. And that's something that people in government and state and local uh, and federal election people are worried about. It's so dangerous now that their physical safety is in question. 
And that last bit is the is probably the second group I'm most worried about. And when I talk to federal government officials, when I talk to state election officials, the number one request for assistance they have is on physical security threats. There have been an increase in swatting attacks against federal and state election officials. There's been a, ra- a rash of doxing, you know, putting public information out there. And there's a lot of concern over uh, these these physical attacks and threats to election workers. This actually undermined or, or limited the, uh, the interest of people to come and actually participate as election volunteers or election officials. And that in and of itself, I think is going to have an impact on election day and the availability of polling locations. All right. They're already pre-programming us. They're already warning us, letting us know that there's not going to be enough poll workers, election workers. There's not going to be enough people to do this system in 2024. And, you know, of course, post-election or late election day, they're going to stuff ballots and do all kinds of stuff to try to rig it again against we the people and against President Donald John Trump, the greatest president in the modern era, one of the greatest presidents ever in our country. People want him and they're going to do what they need to do. And already, oh, it's misinformation to believe that the 2020 election was stolen. The 2024 election system isn't in place for our security and safety. And there's not, we're going to have problems. We're going to have to close some poll places, you know, like Republican or in red places or more conservative leaning we're just going to have to we're just going to have enough poll workers i guess and mostly democrat places yeah that's a real problem oh and their safety is in question so we're not going to be able to have poll watchers and people really look at it because that that could compromise the safety of democrat poll operatives who the hell do they think they're fooling and then squawk box here on cnbc they come out with their narrative listen to how they phrase the question as if we are the crazies worried about election integrity. It's crazy to worry about election integrity. I mean, it's safe and secure. Why is Heritage and all these right-wing, I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening, why are these right-wing extremists, you know, like regular Americans, concerned about the security and safety and the validity of our, our election system. Listen to how the questions are phrased. Hey, Chris, there's still this this undercurrent. I saw a poll about, they, they talked about how many people said that as far as mail-in voting in the 2020 election, that they had done some things that weren't totally uh, above board. And we know it was coming out of COVID. So maybe we didn't have the safeguards uh, because we, we, we needed uh, to do it. So I just Googled it again. Okay, so we got... Bipartisan Policy Center. Male voting is safe and secure. Right below that from the Heritage Foundation. We should not be promoting uh, voting by mail. Let's not forget that voting by mail was recognized by everyone as the most likely and the easiest way to commit election and voter fraud. But magically in 2020, nothing to see here. It's, it's safe and secure. It was in 2020 and it will continue to be in 2024. We're going to hear about this again in, in, in 2024, this year. What is the current state of voting by mail? How much is there going to be? Is it totally, can we trust it completely? 
I think there's going to be a, a high amount of voting by mail, just like there was in 2020, perhaps not as much. I mean, again, that was, as you pointed out, really driven by COVID and the fact that people were concerned about gathering in public places and coming together and being in close contact. But I think as we've seen over the last several years, uh, that maybe that's not as high of a concern. Plus, states are starting to go back into their their regular um, mail or their voting administration process. But I, I would say that 2020, again, the most litigated, the most scrutinized, the you know, I could go on and on with the the various ways the 2020 election has been looked at. And again, there, there has been no evidence to suggest that mail-in balloting was compromised or exploited to flip an election one Chris, way or the go, other. But I, I just have one question. The biggest freaking lie that we've been hearing for the last four years. Almost four years. There is no evidence. They don't say proof. Now, they said there's no proof. Okay, we're playing a game of semantics. No evidence that there was anything amiss when it came to mail-in ballots. Oh, I guess we're supposed to forget that a U.S. postal delivery person delivered cross-state a whole bunch of ballots. I guess we're supposed to forget all about the movie 2000 Mules. I guess we're supposed to forget about everything that was reported by the left and right press prior to 2020 about the problems of mail-in ballots? The 2020 election has been looked at, and again, there, there has been no evidence to suggest that mail-in balloting was compromised or exploited to flip an election one Chris, way or the go. other. I guess every single evidence that I have shown for the last three and a half years on this show and others have of all kinds of malfeasance when it comes to mail-in ballots in the 2020 election is no evidence. You see how they say there's no evidence. These children of Satan are liars. He is the father of lies and they just lay it on thick. They don't even, they, they are so absolute. They are so absolute lies. They don't say there's no proof. Now, once again, they said there's no proof. They go, well, you know, there was evidence that was looked at. No, there's no evidence whatsoever. You, me, all of us are absolute crazy people. And we should just believe what the government says. Because that's how they've been programming us in public schools, and we're being uh, unprogrammed, deprogrammed with misinformation and disinformation. Stop being critical thinkers. Don't think for yourself. Just listen to what we say and do what we tell you to do. Go along, little worker bee. Go to work. Pay your taxes. Listen to us. We'll put in the people we want to rule you. And then just go ahead and rot your brain with TikTok and entertainment. That's the new drug to appease you until you have to report to your next shift. Do you think yep. that we should be doing more to secure voting? Meaning, would you would you limit mail mail in votes? Would you want to have some form of identification? Would you want, are, as someone who's in the security business? Are there things that you would want to do that we don't do today that you think? either are necessary or would, would maybe not necessary it, it practically, but, but create a perception make people feel better. that would, that people would feel that yeah. it's a, it's, it's a fairer and better and safer system. I told you earlier, pay attention to how they phrase the question. Election integrity shouldn't be about election integrity. It should just be about making people feel like the election is safe and secure. That you think either are necessary or 
would, would maybe not necessary it, practically, make, but but make, create a perception make people feel better that would that people would feel that yeah. it's a, it's it's a fairer and better and safer system. I don't know how people uh, – I don't understand how people watch the news and not pick up on these obvious bias and these obvious talking points of the narrative. I, I say that, but then I remember for several years I would watch the news and I didn't pick up on it. But I was I, w- I was young and naive. I mean, I, I you, you guys have heard my story before. I was a long-haired dreadlocks down to my shoulders – uh, fight the power. Um, it, it was so funny. I was fight the power. Like can't trust the government because you know they kill black people and they kill indigenous people and they kill everybody. But at the same time, you know, I was a Democrat. I came from a Union Democrat family, and the government should do more for these injustices. So it, it, it was. It, it really was ridiculousness. But I was eighteen. What the hell did I know? Literally saying, you know, listen to public enemy. Don't trust. The government fight the power. Everything is racist, not just against black people, against Hispanic people, against uh, the, the workers and everything like that. But at the same time, my solution to everything was that we should have more government overlook everything. It was not even stupid. But by the time I was 19 and they were trying to cram socialism and Marxism down my throat, I rejected it and fell in love with the Constitution. But still, you know, there, there is a maturation process in my early 20s. I lived in Nicaragua for a couple years and then I, I came back to school and then I got married and I started I started to realize, wait a minute, um, I started watching the news and I started realizing, wait, they're propagandizing me here. They're all saying the same thing. They're all using the same phrases and this is not true. And, and it was slow. But once, once 9-11 happened, everything I had suspected and knew about criminals in the government... It was. I remember having the epiphany as a freshman on UC Berkeley going, you know what? Politicians are crooks and criminals. They're the smart ones. They don't go into the mafia and the mob and organized crime and petty crime. They go into politics. They can commit crime and cover their own tracks and make their own laws. The moneyed uh, families are crooks. Not all of them, but many of them are crooks. Their offsprings are taught the art of thievery and they go into politics. I realized that as a, as a young adult, but I didn't realize like how systemic, not racism is, but how systemic the propaganda is. Uh, back then, I didn't know about Operation Mockingbird. But I started to see it unfold before me. So it's, and I understand someone's a young adult and maybe there's a bit of nativity, but it seems crazy to me that someone in their 30s at least and 40s and beyond watch the mainstream media and can't understand or can't realize pretty readily that they are the enemy of freedom and, and they're not informing you. They literally lie about everything. They lie by commission by committing lies and they lie by the sin of omission by omitting information about the vaccine about mail-in ballots about what's really going on in russia ukraine what's really going on in the biden administration what really was happening during the trump administration oh he's a racist no reporting on opportunity zones very little reporting on 
prison and justice uh, reform. You have to be a total partisan idiot not to see what's going on. So you see how they phrase that question. You know, what can we do to make people feel better about the lies that we're telling them about election integrity? Now, what actually surprised me is after Chris Krebs said all of that, he actually starts to, at this part here, I don't know if he went off script. I don't know if he got confused or what he's supposed to say. But he starts to talk about how we need paper ballots and how we actually need to have signature verification of mail-in ballots and paper trails. Even after he just told us that there's absolutely no evidence that there was anything going on that switched the election of 2020 because of these mail-in ballots. It really was a confusing conclusion, though a right conclusion for the most part, from what he said previously. Not every liar from the deep state is proficient in keeping the lie going and not letting their not letting common sense. Actually, I'm gonna stop calling it common sense. I learned this um, from Joey. If you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you go and watch the retired banker uh, channel. He doesn't call it common sense anymore. He just calls it, uh, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe I'm confused. I watched a lot of things over the weekend. Can't call it common sense anymore. We can just call it sense because common sense is no longer so common. Listen to what Chris Krebs says here at the end of this interview on Squawk Box over on CNBC. Look, I think transparency is key. Every state that conducts mail-in balloting or any other sort of voting has to be open to the public as much as possible and provide transparency on what the processes are that they're using to verify signatures, for instance. Signature verification is key, but we also, again, have to keep moving towards as much paper ballot, voter verifiable paper audit trail where every vote has a paper ballot backup with it. But I'd also add that uh, post-election pre-certification audits have to be the norm across every single state. We are moving that way slower than I'd like. We're going to need federal support here. But what I can tell is that state election officials are ready, federal effect, uh, election officials are ready for the 2024 election. But it's going to be a uh, pretty sporty out there. And I think everybody needs to listen to their state and local election officials on what's really going on out there, not the randoms on X and, and okay. other social media platforms. Chris, we appreciate it. Nice to see you. Hope to see you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. He's worried about and would like to see better signature verification and more paper verification. But why would he be worried about that if 2020 were secure and there was no evidence that it swung the election either way? That seems like cognitive dissonance to me. Now, interestingly enough, on Friday... Fox News actually let Jesse Waters talk about the mayhem and the dangers of mail-in ballots for like a solid two minutes. By mail or before Election Day. There might not be lockdowns this time, but mail-in voting will still be a huge factor. Eight states are mailing ballots to every registered voter on the rolls, even if they didn't ask for one. It's a harvester's dream. California is one of them. We live in Utah, but I get my mail every time I go to California. Usually I have a stack of it to go through. And what did I see this uh, recently for the primaries? Uh, I'm registered and I'm a voter in Utah now, which has, unfortunately, like uh, they do it by mail. 
And so is my wife. But my oldest daughter, Ginny Rett, who is now married and not living in California and has registered to vote in another state, she still gets, she got a, a ballot and so did Junior. So four ballots arrived in California for people that are registered to vote in other states that don't live there. Automatically. So yeah, I can attest that that is true. Ballots will be floating around the street, the floors, the garbage, the mailboxes. Wandas and Craigs will be rummaging everywhere and intimidating you if you don't hand it over. The voter rolls are a mess too. Johnny's grandma and great-grandma should not be getting ballots in the mail. Sadly, they died years ago. In Michigan, a conservative group is suing the state, claiming there's 26,000 dead people on the voter rolls. Michigan mailed every registered voter a ballot application in 2020. That's over 7 million people. The Secretary of State tried to get the case thrown out. Biden judge denied him. We'll keep you updated. But is Michigan going to be sending ballots to dead people? Meanwhile, Wanda the Stuffer still walking the streets in Bridgeport. And Craig, who between stuffing ballots, moonlighting for the FBI, is out in Atlantic City. Johnny just talked to him. Craig, but you know that's not right. What's not right? Rigging elections and for you using, fraudul using fraudulent ballots. <laughs> People say you've. I had no comment. I would appreciate if you get up, move away from me. Get out my face. So I have to lay one of you bastards down. <laughs> Be careful, Jesse. You may find yourself Tucker Carlson by Fox News for doing this kind of coverage and actually calling out someone and confronting them and talking about election and voter fraud and even outing them as an FBI operative. This is good stuff on Fox News. Jesse Waters is really stepping up. His days may be numbered, but that's okay. Because Tucker Carlson is killing it. Doing a lot better than he ever did on Fox. Primetime is going to keep covering voter fraud and sloppy elections until every real vote is counted and every stuffer is behind bars. If you have a tip, text us. Hashtag fraud. Mail-ins are here to stay. It's written in the law. Democrats have embraced it. They'll abuse it to win. Republicans need to fight fire with fire. Legally, of course. The only way to win is beating Democrats at their mail-in game. Once you're in power, secure the elections. No more drop boxes, no more mass mail-outs, and cameras at every single vote-counting station. All right. Jesse Waters, bravo. Let's go back to Chris Krebs. I told you I'd be going back and forth, but I want, I want to share this with you. It's very important. On December 16th, 2020, after Donald John Trump, the greatest president, canned his ass, Chris Krebs, in a hearing on Capitol Hill, said the following. This agency effort to protect the 2020 election by surging coordination and collaboration with our partners across the national security space. In conclusion, because of these and other efforts, on November 12, 2020, government and industry representatives from the election security community issued a joint statement reflecting a consensus perspective that the 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. That pretty much, when that happened back in December, if you were following me back then on YouTube before, you know, they did a purge because, you know, you couldn't quit. After that, you couldn't question the 2020 election on YouTube because Chris Krebs said that and it was a foregone conclusion that we don't want people to question our election system 
and you couldn't talk about that. December 16th, 2020. Okay, now this is very interesting. Uh, strap in for this. Yehuda Miller, a few days ago, Bergen County, New Jersey Republican County Committee member and got uh, did a FOIA request and then tweeted out the following. Dear America, you have been told by CISA the 2020 election was safe and secure. And I just played for you Chris Krebs again, December 16, 2020, the most secure election ever. But was that the case? Even they know that it was a lie. Yet CISA made a report on the security and vulnerability of many election infrastructure EI offices throughout the county for the 2020 election year. The report was hidden from the public. The report has now been legally obtained via Freedom of Information Act. You do not need to be a computer guy to understand from it that our election offices are about as porous as Swiss cheese. It seems to be the greatest 14th Amendment violation by treating voters differently. All voters have to be able to vote in the same secure fashion. Read the report with your own eyes and ask yourselves why this was hidden from the public. Do you still trust any official who knew about this and yet failed to notify the public? Now, I'm going to show you the bullet points from this 27-page report. But, you know, Chris Krebs coming out and saying this is the most safe and secure was an absolute lie. It was like the 52 Intel people that said, oh, yeah, the uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, that's Russian disinformation. Just because a whole bunch of liars jumped on it didn't make it true. But here's what they truly found out from their report and their investigation. This is CISA itself. They had this information and hid it from the public. We now have it because of a FOIA request. And here is what it tells us. CISA's analysis of the available data for assessed election infrastructure entities found 76% of EI entities for which CISA performed a risk and vulnerability assessment had spear phishing weaknesses which would provide an entry point for adversaries to launch an attack. 76%! More than three quarters. Yet, safe and securest in history. But that's not all. Almost half of the entities had a critical or high severity of vulnerability on at least one internet accessible host providing potential attack vectors to adversaries. So half of them had vulnerabilities, but it was the most safe and secure, nothing to worry about. Because of course, there's no bad actors trying to mess with our elections, right? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. 39% of entities ran at least one risky service on an internet accessible host, providing the opportunity for threat actors to attack otherwise legitimate services. Over a third of them have at least one risky service. Nothing to see here. 30% of entities ran unsupported operating systems on at least one internet accessible host, which exposes entities to compromise. Why would over a third of them have an unsupported operating system? Why isn't this totally locked down? Oh, they have to have internet. They, they have to have internet, folks. You know, so they can transmit from the local municipality to the state and then to the federal government. 
As you move out from election day, there will be tabulators that, uh, that may have internet connections to transmit the vote from the precinct to the county level to the state. Again, security controls in place, and as long as you have the paper, can't hack paper, right, right, right. you can run that process. So you see, when we go back to that December 16th, 2020 hearing that Chris Craig's fired CISA director had with the Senate, then you can see why he was so, so for paper ballots in this interview the other day over on Squawk Box. Because what have we seen from those papers? They don't say anything. They have codes and jibber jobber. They don't mean anything. They just have these internal codes and QR codes that can be manipulated as well because those paper trails go back to electronic trails that they can manipulate in the first place. That's why the false confidence in having a paper trail. The system truly is rigged. But that's not all. We've got even more information. Check this out. The Gateway Pundit today, Monday, February 19th. Exclusive FOIA release. Iranian regime interfered in 2020 presidential election the week before election. Chris Krebs kept this uh, from Congress during testimony. And of course, this is coming out right before the 2024 election, but was hidden from us Until now, thank you for those FOIA requests. Today we have more evidence of attacks on our election system prior to election day, but during the early voting. We have evidence that shows an FBI alert warning of a compromise about Iranian interference in the 2020 presidential election. This report was released on October 30th, 2020, just days before the 2020 presidential election. According to the CISA report that we now have from a... For your request, it says, subject, FBI liaison alert system, it's called FLASH, indicators of compromise pertaining to Iranian interference in 2020 presidential election. On October 20th, and this is the email, here's a report released, We we can see it here. On October 22nd, 2020, The Cybersecurity and Security Agency and the Federal Bureau of Investigation published a joint cybersecurity advisory warning that Iranian advanced persistent threat actors are likely intent on influencing and interfering with the U.S. election to sow discord among voters and undermine public confidence in the U.S. electoral process. APT actors are creating fictitious media sites and spoofing legitimate media sites to spread anti-American propaganda and misinformation about voter suppression. The attached flash contains a list of indicators and compromise and addition threat information pertaining to a threat group. So you can see the report here. And of course, Chris Krebs didn't mention that in his report. And how would they be able to get access to it? Because the report itself tells us, as I showed you, that there are lots of vulnerabilities and there are internet connections 48% of entities had a critical or high severity vulnerability to at least one internet accessible host. 36% one risky service of an internet accessible host. Uh, 39%, excuse me, and 34% had an unsupported operating system. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. So, how can we have confidence in 2024? Is just flooding this 2024 election with so many votes 
for President Trump that they can't steal it? Is that going to work? Check this out from Saturday night. President Trump at a rally in Michigan, in Waterford Township, Michigan. One of his, you know, political rallies. And he invited a Michigan auto worker from the audience on the stage to speak to the excited crowd. Just because we're excited about something is not a strategy, folks. I share his enthusiasm, but I don't share his analysis or his conclusion. You know, when we do this uh, secret and you look at the guy, he could rip you apart. Come on up. I like this guy. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come on. I love you, Say brother. something. Say something. Hey, wait. Take that thing off. Come here. Take that thing off. Thank you, President Trump. We got your back. The auto workers are going to support this guy like we did in 16, 20. We're going to do it again in 24. Everybody's going to get out and vote. We're going to vote. 85 million of us are going to vote for this guy. They can't cheat enough to beat him. I love you, brother. Keep fighting the fight. That's right. Well, that worked out well. Look, I met him backstage. I liked him. I said, look at these muscles. This guy's got muscles all over the place. I said, what do you do? He said, I'm an auto worker. I said, that's too bad because you're not going to have a job in two years. And he agrees with me, but I want to thank him. And you did a great job. I think he was more effective than I could ever be, actually. Thank you very much. We don't want to see it happen. We want to bring manufacturing back. You know, you've lost already. 50. We don't want to see it happen. The, the And then President Trump starts to talk about the jobs that are going to be lost because of China and electric cars and what have you. We don't want to see the election stolen again. And you want all those 85 million votes, whatever it may be, for Trump to count in 2024 and not any fake ballots. So what is the RNC going to do in 2024 differently than they did in 2020? Well, let's look and listen to the future leadership if President Trump has his way of the RNC. Now, we like Laura Trump a lot and are a little concerned about what she had to say with Maria, Maria Bartiromo yesterday on Fox News on the Sunday Morning Futures show. Remember, President Trump has endorsed his daughter-in-law, to be co-chair, along with Mr. Uh, Watley, for this 2024 cycle. So what Laura Trump had to say here definitely is raising some eyebrows. And some folks are calling it, and, and you decide for yourself, this sounds like Ronna McDaniel, Ronna uh, Romney McDaniel 2.0. You be the judge. Listen to this. Now, changes are expected to come to the Republican National Committee following the South Carolina primary, with Ronna McDaniel out as chairwoman and Lara Trump possibly in. Trump has recommended McDaniel be replaced with North Carolina GOP Chairman Michael Watley as the new leader of the RNC, with his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, serving as the co-chair. Joining me right now is the woman herself in the Sunday Morning Futures exclusive, the host of the Right View podcast, Lara Trump. Lara, good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Maria. Great to be with you. First, your reaction to the verdict against your family on Friday. 
way everyone can see how insane this situation truly is. Lara, I want to move on and get your take on the infrastructure around the Republican Party and whether or not you are about to step up as a co-chair there. What are your expectations here and what would be... Well, the committee has to ultimately vote me in. If that's what they decide to do, I would be honored to have this position because, look, Maria, I think there's no time to waste. We have 10 months to go. Really, before what I, I think we can all feel right now in this country is the most important election any of us have ever seen. We are poised to lose the country, like I just said. Everyone sees it. Everyone feels it. The world is destabilized right now because you have bad leadership at the top. We need Donald Trump to be back in that White House. We need to expand our lead in the House. We need to take back the Senate. And you don't win a presidential campaign without the aid of the Republican National Committee. And so if I am chosen as co-chair, what I can tell you is that we really do have a lot of work to get done. Now, there are things that have been done. They have an election integrity division at the RNC that really no one has heard much about. They have 78 lawsuits across the country to overturn those, uh, you know, those laws that were changed during the 2020 election under the guise of COVID that changed how you vote in so many states. They have uh, people who are actually trained poll watchers. These are people who are going to go into precincts, Maria, and not just stand there and watch things happen. They physically can count the ballots coming in and how many ballots are coming out of a precinct. So there's a lot that's been done, but there's a lot to be done. We need yeah. the strongest ground game that this country has ever seen. We need to make sure we are doing legal ballot harvesting. That's something we really have never done as uh, Republicans. It's something the Democrats often do, whether it's legal or illegal the way they do it, questionable to some. We will do it the legal way. We need to have an election day operations all across this country like we've never seen. And we need to make sure that nothing is left to chance that on November 5th of this year, Donald Trump will indeed become the 47th president of the United States. All right. Those are things that we heard from Ronna Romney McDaniel. And what good have all of these actions of the RNC, you know, she says, oh, they've done all this. This is great stuff. We need to do more. That's great. But we haven't seen anything overturned from the 2020 election. We haven't seen any fruits of that. And we're only 10 months away from 2024. So, okay, we need more than this, Laura. We need more than this if we're going to beat the Democrats. Now I'm going to turn it over to the great Jim Hoft over at the Gateway Pundit. I think he had a bang-on analysis on many of these things. He asked the question here, does anyone doubt that Donald Trump and his base works 10 times harder than Joe Biden and the Democrat Party? Does any other item listed by Laura strike you as ample solutions to prevent another stolen election in 2024? Mr. Hoft goes on to rightfully point out they're running Joe Biden even though the man obviously can't do the job. Even if he was a good guy, he can't do the job and they're running him anyway and he's not even campaigning like he did in 2020. Obviously, they have an operation to rig this. There have been no consequences for 2020. Why wouldn't they attempt it again in 2024? And then Jim gets to the bottom of it. What are the Republicans doing about Democrats party's ballot registration fraud operation in 2024. What are they doing about the bloated voter rolls that led to massive voter fraud in 2020? 
What is the RNC's plan to stop this massive voter fraud operation from taking place? What about real-time voter roll access? What is the RNC's plan to secure the 2024 election by cleaning the voter rolls? What is the RNC's plan for real-time access to state voter rolls? Okay. Are they going to stop the Democrats from locking doors in the counting rooms? And what is the RNC's plan to make this stop immediately in 2024? Will Democrats be able to, to steal the military votes again like they did in 2020? All valid questions. But Laura came back with the same basic talking points of Ron McDaniel. What are they doing to stop the operation that, that we know the Democrats already have in place? That's what we want to know. There have been no consequences. And maybe there is no plan. But repeating the same things we heard Ron McDaniel say on Fox just a few weeks ago doesn't cut it. I got to uh, gotta agree with Mr. Hoff on that one. What's the RNC going to do when blatant election fraud is captured on video? What does the RNC plan to confront vulnerable voting systems and the ballot box stuffers? In other words, what are they going to do about all the things that we've seen the Democrats already do in 2020 so they don't do them in 2024? It just can't be having a great ground game and early legal ballot harvesting. Does the RNC have a plan for that? And how aggressive is that plan when we only have 10 months to go? What are your thoughts about the 2024 election? Do you have confidence that we're going to win it and that we're going to be able to overcome the steal? Because steal it, they will. At least they'll attempt. And please don't come. When you answer, I love you. I love you all. When you, when you give me your answer down below, because I do want to read your opinions and your thoughts, what, what are you basing it on? If you have confidence that we'll be able to win 2024, do you think that'll be so overwhelming they won't be able to cheat? Do you think there's some other mechanism that we'll be able to win it by? And please, put, when you put your opinion and your thoughts down below, give me the reason why. And I'm sorry, just this, this idea that there's a plan, that there's white hat operation going on that we don't know about yet, I, I'm not going to take that as a valid answer. What have you seen that's palpable, that's real, that gives you confidence that we are going to win 2024? Because outside of providence and the hand of God, I personally don't have a huge amount of confidence that the rigging won't take place. Well, it's going to take place. They're going to attempt it. Will it will it be a revolution on the back end that'll stop the steal? Because I do believe they are going to steal 2024. Prove me wrong, please, folks, in the comment section of Spotify, Locals, and Patreon. I can't wait to read your answers. We're in a situation where we have put together... And you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud 
organization in the history of American politics.